a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. We're into the final half hour of today's program. And we are, for the next, how much time do we have? We have 21 and a half minutes. Uh, I wish we had more because this is an important topic. You've heard me in the past make fun of those, like, made-up days when it was, like, pet-a-puppy-dog day uh, last week. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Uh, I'm not interested in National Donut Day. Uh, no offense, Doug. I know it's a big day on the movie show. Uh, I am not interested in, like, Ugly Sweater Day or, uh, like, Share a Twinkie Day or any of that nonsense that's made up to market products to get you to part with your hard-earned money. Forget that. Uh, I also think that those made-up days by marketers uh, often take away from uh, the seriousness of uh, of some set-aside days of remembrance. The, the this point came up the other day uh, when it was it was uh, National Medal of Honor Day, uh, when we you and I together spent a, a few minutes walking through. Uh, the 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 accomplishments of the handful, the relatively small handful of uh, Utah service members who, uh, in the execution of their duties as members of the military uh, in conflict, ultimately earned uh, the the Medal of Honor. There's a day dedicated to those types of remembrances, uh, and you and I were able to do so, and we were reminded of it because there was a day set aside. Well, today is just one of those days. It's just the kind of day uh, that really ought to refocus our uh, our attention and our thanks uh, to uh, to something pretty important. Today is Vietnam War Veterans Day, uh, and it is a relatively new uh, distinction. L- let me ask you this. If you had to guess which president signed into law uh, the Vietnam War Veterans Recognition Act, which designates March uh, 29th of each year, uh, as Vietnam uh, War Veterans Day. Which president? Do, do you have any idea? I mean, you, the, the the nature of the conflict should narrow it down a little bit. But which president signed the Vietnam War Veterans Recognition Act? Which president designated today, March 29th, each year, as National Vietnam War Veterans Day? All right, let me give you a hint. It was signed into law in 2017. As a, a Donald Trump signature. Yeah, Donald Trump passed this into law. D- Donald Trump created uh, the first nationwide Vietnam War Veterans Day. Sure, there have been uh, states uh, recognizing this day uh, for some time, uh, but it wasn't until 2017 that today uh, became a nationally recognized day. Uh, This morning, as we were looking this over, uh, I got chatting with uh, producer Robin, and she shared 
uh, some stories about uh, her, her father and her uncle, who uh, both served uh, during the Vietnam War. And uh, let me just welcome, let me just welcome uh, producer Robin to the, the, the program to share. Uh, some of these stories. Fascinating stuff. Both men in the Air Force, right? Yep, they were both in the Air Force. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was born in 1983, so you'd think, why on earth am I talking about the Vietnam War on our airwaves? But my family has a really a strong history and legacy involving the Vietnam War. My uncle, uh, Paul Miners, was a, a fighter pilot, very well respected in his industry. He was Air Force career um, in 1966, he was assigned a, a very uh, dangerous mission over in, in Vietnam. He was flying these Cessna's L, Cessna L-19 uh, reconnaissance planes, and he would his job was to fly down and to look for the anti-aircraft missiles on the ground. He'd shoot down these flares. The only the only <laughs> they're, they're not even missiles he had. The only you know defense he had or whatever were these flares. They shoot to the ground, and then the F-100s would fly down and bomb out the anti-aircraft mm. missiles. So on his second or third trip. I mean, he'd only been there about a month. He flew down and was shot down and killed um, in 1966. My father at the time was also in the Air Force, and he'd already been there once. And he tells the story um, before his uncle went, I'm sorry, before his brother went over, my uncle Paul. He said, Paul, they're shooting real missiles out there. This isn't just, because the TV kind of showed the sort of, you know, whatever going on. He said, no, 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 these are real. This is a real war. They're shooting real things out out of the air there. And so... Uh, my uncle was killed in 66. My father went over a couple months later, sort of another tour after his brother was killed mm. in the Vietnam War. My dad was flying the KC-135, so he was in refueler planes. Sure. So not in, in you know, the combat zone necessarily, but um, just growing up, you know, I was, it, he'd, he'd been gone for 17 years by the time I was born, my uncle. But um, I, I grew up hearing these stories of, you know, my father and my uncle and this, this history and uh, being able to go to Washington, D.C. when I was you know, eight or nine and finding his name on the memorial and rubbing it on, onto the, you know, a piece of paper. It just um, really makes you think, you can't, I think it's 51,000 people, soldiers in America passed away as a result of the of our involvement in the Vietnam War. You know, just uh, like you said, there's a lot of fluffy days out there, but this is one that I think we should kind of pause and, and maybe visit the memorials we have here in Utah. You still have that rubbing? I, somewhere, I'm sure. I, I, it's not in my house, but if I went up to my dad's house, I bet I could dig through some boxes. But I'd like to take my boys out and show sure. them where their great uncle, uh, you know, his name is on. We talk about it all the time. They're aware of the story. You know, it's just, we, we pass it down. It's a legacy that we, we talk about all the time. I have seen his Purple Heart, uh, mm. the, the medal that he, he has. Um, I, have, I remember as a young child being able to hold that and see it. Um, and it really stuck in my head. Stop me if this is too personal, but you, you ever talk to your boys about military service? Like if I would encourage them to serve or just... Th- their thoughts, your thoughts? You know, definitely they've been around it. My brother is a, is a war veteran. My father is a veteran. So they've heard the stories, whether or not they have any aspirations. Of course, if they, you know, my oldest is 11. If that's the career path he wants to go, I'd, I would definitely support him. Um, I, whether or not we've had proactive conversations, I, I maybe we should, especially tonight on this day, we should go home and, and talk about that and, and, and talk about what it means. At least, at least share the, the story of the family. At least mm-hmm. share the story of uh, grandpa and great uncle. Uh, listen, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and thank you, uh, you know, through you for the service uh, rendered by uh, your those who came before you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, and to wrap up today's program, we're going to welcome to the program a, a Vietnam veteran himself, Terry Scow, former executive director of the Utah Department of Veterans Affairs, to talk a bit about uh, the Vietnam War veteran community here in the state of Utah, how they're doing, how they're being honored. We'll get into that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike, final segment of today's episode, number 3. 
107. A few texters kindly point out that uh, in Layton, you can find a replica of the Vietnam Wall as uh, stands as a memorial to those who lost, that lost their lives in the Vietnam War in Washington, D.C. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got one ourselves here in Utah in Layton. So, uh, Producer Robin, if you need to uh, get an extra rubbing, you can head on up to, to Layton take care of that. Uh, real quick story before I welcome our guest. I, my grandfather served in the Vietnam War. He was in the Air Force himself, uh, but he was not flying aircraft, rather working on them, specifically uh, working on the SR-71. Uh, and if you know about aircraft, you know the SR-71 and what an impressive uh, piece of technology that is. If you ever want to see one, uh, your your clear your closest opportunity is to visit the museum uh, just adjacent to Hill Air Force Base. It's the it's the big giant one. All right, the SR-71. Uh, anyway, when he was he, when he was there working on this aircraft, uh, separated from my grandmother and my mother and aunt. Uh, for for months and months and months on end, the you know trying to navigate what is affordable and what is effective in terms of communication, right? You can't just pick up the phone and uh, FaceTime like you can today. Uh, well, the system that they established was uh, to pass back and forth uh, some reel to reel recordings. This is some older technology, electromagnetic tape. Uh, to record, uh, you know, a spoken message, uh, and they would record and then send the tape uh, to the other. And they would go back and forth, and they did that for the duration of my grandfather's time in the Vietnam War. Anyway, those tapes, uh, you know, they were certainly enjoyed in the day, uh, but then they were packaged up and placed away in storage for years and years. And uh, it was about 10 years ago, I was I was looking for something at uh, Mama and Papa's house, and I came across the the box of tapes and said, uh, well, what are these? I, at the time, was a producer for the Doug Wright Show, and uh, I'm very, very interested, as I am today, in in really think anything having to do with the spoken word. And so I took those tapes, and I brought them here to, to KSL, and I teamed up with uh, an engineer, one of the smartest ones we had, and I said, hey, listen, uh, I I have these tapes on them my my family has their correspondence during the Vietnam War uh papa from the field of battle would send back to mama uh and to my mom and aunt my young mom at the time uh and aunt uh, messages uh encouraging messages maybe it was a narration of the day's events or maybe from mama it was a description of how the girls were doing at school or how uh, all the other uh, wives were doing uh, as their husbands were off to war. And what I was able to do here was turn those, that antiquated technology into modern digital recordings. I was able to hear the voice of my mother as a little girl talking to her dad as he was off fighting the war. I was able to hear uh, Mama uh, as she was a, a young woman uh, raising these two daughters by herself while the love of her life uh, was overseas fighting on behalf of not only her and the girls, but also the entire nation. And you could feel uh, the love and admiration and appreciation that they uh, felt for one another and for this country as they communicated back and forth. And to be able to uh, digitize those and to deliver them to uh, the, the family was, was remarkable. 
and uh, had to do it in real time, I remember, and I'll wrap up this story. We've got to get chatting with Terry here. Uh, we had to record them in real time, myself and the engineer, and word kind of spread here throughout the building that I was up to this and that I had this type of communication. And uh, wouldn't you know it, at, at some point during the uh, digitization process, uh, I'd have 10 or 15 coworkers all crammed into a studio listening uh, to that correspondence, all of it transpiring uh, due to the separation of my grandma and grandpa, mama and papa, uh, during the Vietnam War as he was off uh, serving his country. Anyway, uh, th- that's my story. Let me welcome now to the program uh, Terry Scow, former executive director of the Utah Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, Terry, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I'm very finely. Thank you for the opportunity to chat today. Absolutely. Uh, talk to me about the, the community, sir, here in the state of Utah of Vietnam War veterans. How, how large is that community? Well, right now, Vietnam vets uh, make up the largest group of veterans in the country. Uh, your World War II guys are 90-plus, Korean War guys are 80-plus, and Vietnam guys are late 60s, and some of them are even in their 80s. And so it's a it's a pretty significant uh, group. Uh, you know, uh, there were 58,000 and a, a few more that were killed in the Vietnam War. Of course, they're reflected on the wall in Washington, D.C., and as you said, there's a replica in Layton. Uh, Utah also has its own Vietnam Memorial. It's actually located on the west lawn of the state capitol, and uh, it's uh, it's a fitting tribute. And it lists the uh, 364 uh, who uh, lost their uh, lives from Utah. Mm. Well, what uh, I, I think often about the the relationships between veterans of different generations. Uh, what are the relationships like, if you could generalize, uh, between Utah's Vietnam War vets? And uh, younger veterans, say those who participated in Operation Enduring Freedom or, or any of the conflicts that continue in the Middle East? Well, I think it's pretty good. Uh, you know, sadly, when the Vietnam guys came back, many of them were treated very poorly. And you've heard the stories of them being spit on, called baby killers and, and those kind of things. And certainly, uh, you know, we look up to the World War II veterans. Some of my dear friends are World War II guys and my own son. Uh, served uh, in the Middle East, served actually in Afghanistan. So uh, each generation, uh, you know, the uh, when my son was uh, in the Middle East, uh, you know, I started going over in my mind uh, what happened in Vietnam, and so you become fearful or apprehensive for them. And I'm sure that was true uh, for the uh, World War II guys when their Vietnam sons were over there. So there's always that shared camaraderie and uh, the challenge these days, of course, is that the numbers of folks participating in even some of the veterans organizations. I'm I'm over here at the American Legion Post in Ogden. We're getting ready to do a, a little program, but uh, uh, it's difficult uh, to uh, kind of make the linkage sometimes. Yeah. What, what is the what's the missing key there? I, I, this is a conversation that I've had many times with. Uh, younger friends of mine who have served overseas, who are veterans, who have gotten out of the military. And I think back to when I was growing up uh, to, you know, the, the, the older guys getting together at exactly the place you described, the Legion Halls. Uh, the, these these organizations that, uh, you know, at their inception were designed to maintain the camaraderie that was forged in the field of battle and training, uh, not as patronized frequently uh, today as they were in, in generations of yesteryear. Well, why is that? 
Well, I think you have a couple of reasons, uh, to be honest with you, uh, Lee. I almost called you Bob because I go back to the days <laughs> of your uh, sure. your dad, the great uh, Bob Lonsbury. But I, uh, I think the challenge uh, that you have is that, uh, sadly, uh, many folks view the folks at the uh, Legion or VFW, DAV, the funny guy, the guys with a mm. funny hat uh, with the bar down yeah. the street, and they don't realize uh, things as an example, like American Legion, Boys State, Girl State, sure. or Toro Baseball. So there's good programs, and sadly, sometimes uh, the word doesn't get out uh, to yeah. them. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, many of the folks who are serving yeah. today, many of them actually were part of some of those early programs. And uh, T- Terry, I, I have to stop you. I, I hate to do so, uh, but that music tells us that our time to chat uh, has come to an end. Thank you so much uh, for your service. And remember, folks, today, National Vietnam War Veterans Day. Reach out to a veteran you know if you can. Uh, in the meantime, I'll step aside for Jeff Kaplan. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.